0: Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. So let's take our Bibles. Y'all want to get into the Word today? Yeah, good. I hope you want to because that's what we're going to do. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. The next uh, two to three weeks, we're going to be talking on this subject of transformation. Transformation. Yeah, y'all don't get too excited, okay? All right. Being transformed, and what that looks like, what it means, and why it's so incredibly vital, important to your Christian walk. Um, I think everybody in this room here, I think it's safe to say that every one of us has some area or some situation in our life that we would like to see change. Am I in the right place? Hmm? Some area, some, something needs to change. Uh, let me just remind you that you are a justified spirit living in an unglorified body. Right? Things need to change, right? Yeah. Things need to change because Paul taught us in Romans chapter 7, I find this law that evil is present with me, the one who wants to do good. I find this evil, the sin is actually found in this flesh. It never wants to do the right thing. It only wants to please itself. It's a very selfish flesh. Yeah, right. Self-flesh flesh. <laughs> and so we have to learn this transformation. We have to master the art of transformation in order for our spirit then to be the dominating factor and not the flesh. We find that these things are contrary to one another, so we need things to change. It might be a relationship that you're in. You need need it to change. Maybe it's your own weight. It got real quiet right there. Maybe we just need to you know, lose a few pounds. Maybe it's your financial situation. You need the, you need to get out of debt. You know, you need to, some things to change up. You need you need a raise. <laughs> I heard some amens there. You know, but some something some area you need you needed your health. You know, to improve. Yeah. Maybe you just need to change your attitude. Have a better outlook on life. But all we all are works in progress or in process. And the scripture does teach us, which is so good, that change is possible for everyone. It really is possible for everyone. And that's the good news of the scriptures. So since change is possible, then let's see the change happen. You know, many are waiting for someone else to do something or something to change so that. Change can come to them, but you know, it's not going to happen like that. Most of the time, it's not depending on somebody else or something, and certainly it's not going to happen if we're depending on the government to do anything for us, right? All we get with them is red tape. (laughs) That's all we get. No, it starts with us. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, change starts with you. Yeah, change starts with you. Transformation starts with you transformation starts with you. And so we're going to be talking about what this transformation means, how to adapt to new conditions. And you might feel like everything in your life is old conditions, the same conditions. And I'm not talking about those kind of conditions. I'm talking about this new condition that has taken place whenever you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the scripture says, the old things passed away and the new things have come. And Paul teaches us that the the inner man, the Spirit man, who you really are, the essence of who you are, is being renewed day by day. Everything is just newing all the time. <laughs> Isn't that good to know? So there's no there's no growing old in the spirit. So this transformation takes place whenever you adapt to that environment woo, of the kingdom of God within you. And when you begin to pull on its resource and not get satisfied with the stuff, the way stuff is right? The way things are. And not let life just be handed to you, but get a handle on life. Romans chapter 12 verse 1 says this. Are we ready? I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world but be transformed, let's all say transformed, Transformed. but be transformed by, here's how it's going to happen, the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So this is what we're going to be covering. We're going to delve into the subject of transformation. And because your faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ, the word of God says all things become new. Amen. I love that. So if you're going to experience that change that has taken place in your life right now, that born again experience right here in this world, right here in your workaday life, you're going to have to go through the process of transformation. And this happens as you renew your mind to the things of God, to his way, to his His thinking, his reasoning, his His, uh, will, the way God sees things. And uh, you, ha- you can see the way God sees things and you can think the way God thinks things. You can see how he thinks and what he sees and what he says in his word. You know, many of you are holding that word right now in your hands. Some, so for some of you, it's, uh, it's digital. For some of you, it's analog. <laughs> but you need to understand the incredible wealth of resource for capabilities in the way of transformation. Not only that, but Jesus said, told his disciples in John 16, when I leave, it's to your advantage that I go. It's to your advantage that I leave. Now I can imagine what they must've felt like. How in the world is that to our advantage that you leave? No, it's been really good that you're here. It's been very advantageous that you're here with us, but you're leaving. He said, because if I don't go, the spirit won't come. But when I do go, I'm going to send him to you. And he's like me. And here's the difference. I'm with you, but he's going to be in you. You're going to to experience a whole different reality of not just just me being with you, but me being in you. Now it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. That same spirit that brought Jesus Christ up out of the grave is now, right now, resident on the inside of you. Woo! That means anything's possible at any minute. Amen. The same spirit, the same spirit that raised him from the dead is with you right here on the earth. The same spirit that was upon him when he descended upon him like a dove is in you right now. And Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach the gospel, to set at liberty those who are captive amen, to bind up the brokenhearted, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. 1 John 2, 27 says that we have an anointing now that abides, and this anointing teaches us all things. So think about this. So you have the Spirit of God who's going to guide you into all truth. He's going to teach you all things. He's going to show you things to come. He has provided an anointing that is resident on the inside of you. You know, We'll hear people say, oh, we need more anointing. No, 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 no. You've got as much anointing as you need. You need to wake up to that anointing. We need more spirit. No, no, no. You need to wake up to the spirit. You got everything you need when you got Jesus Christ. You are, the scripture says, complete in him. If we keep talking about we need more of this, we need more of that, then we're putting the responsibility on God to do something and not taking responsibility for ourselves to adapt, to transform. All right? It's on us. God has done everything he's going to do. Amen. He's done it. The work is finished. That's what he meant when he said, it is finished it's finished. Amen. It's done. And so now it's on us. Once we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, then to activate that inward miracle of new birth into our lives by renewing our minds. It's transformation. I can't say it as well as he said it in Bug's life. Transformation. Y'all remember that? still my favorite movie ever. And now that we've got a grandson, I get to watch all those movies over again. Anyway. Okay. Where am I? Now I'm lost in grandparenthood. Look at this. Jesus even walked a process. Luke 2.52 says this. Look at this. This is amazing. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus went through a process. The, uh, it also says later on, and I believe it's in Hebrews, that Jesus learned obedience. So, all of us, it's just part of the deal. It's part of living here on the earth. And you have the Spirit, you have the anointing, you have the Word of God. All of these amazing resources. Proverbs says, as a man thinks in his heart, what? So easy. So, this doesn't happen automatically, it is a process. Yeah, that's just the way it is. And this transformation is about making something suitable for a new use or purpose. And you really can see change in your life. You know, we look around, Job chapter 12 talks about asking the beast. It says, ask the beasts, and they will tell you. And the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and they will teach you. They'll declare these things to you what the hand of the Lord has done. And we can see just how, how nature itself and especially the animal kingdom adapts to its environment. And one of the coolest uh animal adaptations that I've seen. Now, there's, there's a lot of cool stuff out there, but particularly are these lions in Africa, and they are the, the Okavango. Okavango, I think is how you say it? Okavango? All right. Okavango Delta lions. They're very unique, and they, they're in Botswana, Africa. Botswana's a little smaller than the state of Texas, and it's mostly just arid desert kind of uh, terrain. But going right through the middle of it is this Okavango River. And with that river is all this whole array of of wildlife and vegetation and uh, makes for some good snacks for the lions. But the lions have learned something that if they're going to eat, they're going to have to get in the water. And I don't know if you know this about lions. Lions don't swim, right? But these lions do. They've learned to swim. They're the only lion on the continent of Africa that will kill a hippo. All right? I mean, they are ferocious. Not only that, but lions kind of half-heartedly will climb a tree. Like they say, if, like, if a leopard puts some of his goods up in the tree, because leopards climb all over him, a lion might attempt it, and if it's low enough, he might get t- to that, that food source. But he won't really try very hard. But these Okavango lions, they'll climb to the very tops of tall trees. They're extraordinary animals. So on, on water and on land, they are some talented predator. But... Um, they've learned to adapt. You have the ability to transform to this place, to this environment called the kingdom of Almighty God on the inside of you. You have it. And in this environment, there is peace. In this kingdom, there is life. In this kingdom, there is joy, unspeakable and full of glory. In this kingdom, there is peace that passes all understanding. In this kingdom, there are miracles. In this kingdom, there is healing. There is blessing. There is prosperity. There is increase. There is favor. Come on, help me out today. Huh? But you're going to master this process of transformation As I said, change doesn't come quickly or easily, but through renewing your mind, it is absolutely the way that you're going to see it. Virtually everything in and about your life can change through transformation. You're made in the image of God. You're made after his likeness. Amen. You've been given this incredible ability to grow, to learn, and to change. You know, a lot of people get stuck. They just get stuck in their circumstances. Maybe you're here today and you're stuck in a circumstance. You might feel like you're in a place that you can't get out of. I'm glad you came here today because you're not. You're not. I saw a sign the other day that said, falling rocks. So I did it and it doesn't. Just insert joke right here. You, <laughs> that was a terrible place to do that, wasn't it? <laughs> Lord, help me with my comedic timing. You <laughs> get stuck. You know? Get better at, at learning to live with things than to change things. And I hope that you're better at changing things than just learning to live with things. We get stuck. We can get stuck in our pain, yeah. stuck in what somebody said. Uh-huh. Just can't get over it. Amen. Stuck when that relationship went south. Just stuck. Yeah. Hmm. Stuck, stuck when we didn't get the job we wanted. Stuck when we didn't get the grade we wanted. Stuck because we lost this person or that person. Stuck in a life we don't want or we don't like. You can get stuck in your problems. But here's the thing if you are better at living with things rather than changing things, you just need to understand you are stuck what you live with. Mm-hmm. Hmm? Yep. You continue to live with the extra pounds, you're stuck with them. Man, I shouldn't have preached on that. <laughs> I said, you continue. to live with that debt, you're stuck with it. You continue to live with that terrible attitude, you're stuck with it. Be better at transformation. Be transformed to the change that God has made on the inside of you, this resource of the kingdom. Refuse to put up with and accept anything less than what your heavenly Father has designed for you to experience in your life. Let's go to John chapter 3 for just a moment. Football, well, Cowboys don't play till three, so we got like three hours. Awesome. (laughs) I I love to hear y'all's nervous laughs. (laughs) He better be kidding. (laughs) Verse one, watch this. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Now, you remember Pharisees aren't friends with Jesus, right? They oppose him all the time. But Nicodemus is a a Pharisee of another kind because look what he says. This man came to Jesus by night. He came by night because he don't want his other Pharisee friends knowing what he's doing. And said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these things that you do unless God is with him. Now that is an incredible acknowledgement by this Pharisee, because the other Pharisee says, He has Beelzebub. He casts out Satan by Satan. He's a blasphemer. But, no, no, Nicodemus, he's watching what's happening, he's honest enough to know when God's moving and when he's not. And he says, we know none of this stuff that you're doing can be done unless God's with him. Now, that right there is a good start for this curious Pharisee, right? And this, this curiosity, later on, we would know, you would see that Nicodemus would be the one who would provide, incredible, incredible man, he would provide 75 pounds of spices for Jesus' burial. But here's here's where his curiosity gets the best of him. And he shows up here to have this nightly meeting with Jesus under the stealth of the night. And Jesus entered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. All right, This is the beginning. This is the foundation. This is where everything starts. This is what makes transformation possible all right? Verse, um, Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? I mean, if you're a reasonable person, you might ask that question. If you're an analytical person, you might ask that question because you're trying to calculate it right here and this this can't be reasoned right here, right? Nicodemus is asking the right question, right? For a reasonable person, what are you, what are you talking about being born again? If you're just thinking practically, you're thinking naturally, that's the right question to ask. Can he just Enter a second time into his mother's womb? And I watch what Jesus says. You idiot. No, he didn't say that. (laughs) Jesus answered, most assured I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. It's one thing to be born of your mama. It's another thing to be born of God. Hmm? Yeah. And this second birth is what pulls you into this kingdom of God experience. Oh, thank you, Lord. And then verse 16 says, for God, let's all read this together since I think most of you probably know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So this new birth happens when you believe in Jesus and you become a part of the, of the family of God of the kingdom of God. Yeah. Oh, I love this. What this teaches us is that really all the answers are in the Son. All the answers are found in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything that you could hope for, desire, dream of, He is the fulfillment of everything in life. You know, the Scripture says that, uh, um, uh, Psalm 16, 11, get it, Eric. Uh, In your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Well, what's at the right hand? As Faith wrote in a song one time, the seated at the right-hand son. I love that. The seated at the right-hand son. Him and in Jesus are all the pleasures forevermore. I love that. Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He didn't come to condemn, he came to save. Verse 18, he who believes in him is not condemned. Any believers in here? Well, guess what? I want you to understand today. If you don't get anything else coming here today, remember this. If you believe on him, you're leaving here uncondemned. You're not condemned. You're loved. You're accepted, fully accepted in the love and grace of God. He who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So according to what we just read here in verse 18, notice it doesn't take anything on our parts to be separated from God. It says, he who does not believe is condemned already. So it doesn't take any effort on your part to already be separated from God because you're born in separation. But it does take something on our part to be connected to him, and that is to believe on Jesus. To believe on the name of the Son of God. Wow. Wow. So since the old things have passed away, and we're talking about in the spirit, since the old things have passed away and all things have become new, guess what? That doesn't necessarily mean that your natural physical debt passed away, does it? No, it doesn't, unfortunately. Doesn't mean necessarily that your bad habits went away. No, Got saved, still got problems. I wish that when you get saved, they all just go away. But it doesn't really work like that. They kind of all start beginning Many of your problems start when you get saved because now all of a sudden you're going against the flow of this world. You turn around and you're, you're walking for God and all of a sudden the world and its bombardment of its, its system of beliefs, its way of thinking and its manipulation is coming at you. Plus you got the devil who's out there definitely opposed to God and then you're living in this flesh who don't want to help out at all right? It's like just opposition, opposition, opposition. Man, being a Christian's hard. No, it's not. It, It really isn't hard because we walk by faith. It's a rest in him. It's when we try to be a Christian is when it gets hard. We're not trying to be Christians. We're born again. Our nature has changed. Amen. I'm just trying to be a good Christian, trying to be good for God. Well, stop. Stop doing that. Just believe on Jesus. Amen. Get over yourself. He won't won't have you in another way. He's not impressed with your good stuff. He's not impressed with your good works. He only responds to faith. Amen. And then, once you believe on Jesus, guess what? All of a sudden, your good works matter. See, this is a spiritual issue. Now that you have a place in the kingdom of God, you have eternal life. Your spiritual change doesn't automatically affect, though, the rest of your life. Your career is still the same? Marriage is still the same? You encouraged yet? Your <laughs> money, your money is still the same? Your appearance is still the same? What does it mean to be transformed? It means to repent. Well, what does it mean to repent? Good question. Because when I was growing up, well, the way we repented is that we got to that altar every week and we boohooed and we cried out to God and we asked him to forgive us and we confessed all of our wrongdoings and we walked out feeling so much better and emotionally cleansed but not necessarily changed. Repent means to change your mind. Make sure that in all the boo and in all the being real sincere before God that you actually do change your mind. Yeah. Otherwise, you've not repented. You've just been emotional. Factical. Is this too practical for us? Is this, huh? Factical. Is it okay if we just cut through the churchy muck yeah. and deal with what's really going? on? talk about the truth here for a moment. Right. I'm, I'm, I love you. That's why I want you to know the truth. Sometimes the truth kind of, ouch. <laughs> hmm? But we need some of those ouch messages once in a while, so that we remember. Listen, it's this is on transformation is on you and I. The completed work is done. You're complete in Christ, but but we've got to work this out, this salvation out. The Scripture says, and that's only going to happen when we change the way we think. One last Scripture, Romans chapter eight, verse five. Are you guys with me? Okay, you all right? Yeah. Good. I love you. But you know, if, if I made you all mad today and you didn't love me anymore, I still got a grandson. <laughs> I'll be just fine. I'll be just, just me and Boston, me and the boss man. Don't be conformed, be transformed. Don't be conformed, be transformed. Amen. Amen. Because you can still be a Christian and still be poor and be depressed, be angry. But that's not God's ultimate for you. That's not God's design for you. He's called you to better, better things than that. That's why he's empowered you to be transformed. Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 5 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. And those who live according to the Spirit, guess what they do? They set their minds on the things of the Spirit. All right? So what is it about? It's your choices. That's all it comes down to. You're going to choose to live by the flesh or you're going to choose to live by the Spirit? God has given you the power to do it. The gift of choice is a wonderful gift from God. We don't always do such a great thing with it. Hmm? But His grace abounds to us. And He's a patient God. And He's here to help you, to strengthen you, to be transformed. Listen, remember what Paul said right before this. To offer up your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable This is reasonable talk for us to live for Him. He gave everything He could for us. He gave us His Son. He demonstrated this amazing love by giving us Jesus. It's reasonable that we offer up our bodies in worship to Him. Amen. Can I get a good amen? Why don't we stand together for just a moment, if we would? Can we just offer up a sacrifice of praise to Him? We can just lift our hands to the Lord, huh? Lift our hands, Lord. Thank you. Thank you that you've given yourself for me, that Christ died for my sins so that I don't have to die from my sins. Christ was buried and Christ rose again three days later. And I believe that. I believe he did it for me. I believe Jesus died for my sins and I believe God raised him from the dead. And I also believe that by believing that I'm saved. I'm a child of God, not by my works, but by his mercy, by his grace. And so Lord, I thank you for that. Thank you for helping me. Lord, I pray that now, today, your people would be inspired and challenged and moved, God, forward in their thinking. Lord, that they would truly be much better at transformation than at living with things as they are. But being agents of change, to pull on that resource that comes from the, out of the kingdom of God. When Jesus said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. For that us that's in my life, in my marriage, with my children, my grandchildren, on my job, in my body, in my finances, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. In the name of Jesus, we call on the resources of the kingdom of God. We set our minds on the things above, not on things of this earth. We choose to believe God. We choose to walk by faith. We choose to not be settling in our circumstances. We are going after one thing and one thing alone. That is what God has promised us. Jesus showed us clearly, I have come that you may have life and abundance in this life. So that's what we're going to receive. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you for being here. We love you very much. Amen. Be transformed. Transformed. Amen. It's what we're called to. May the Lord bless you. And may the Lord keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you in all of your house and give you peace in Jesus' name.